I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. This week we have a guest, Mark Fimbo, will be talking about his new theatre production. So we've got a guest on today's podcast. Yay! Yay. <laughs> our <laughs> second <laughs> guest, or well, technically our third guest because our first guest was two guests. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, so we've got Mark Fimbo with us today, uh, who's the co-founder of a local theatre company called The Keeper's Daughter. Oh, done your Say research. Hello, yes. Hi, hi everyone. Hello. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to kind of tell us a little bit about your production company and um, yeah. the, your next production, which is obviously of interest to us. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I went to uh, drama school in uh, London, and by the end of that, I was thinking, well, I'm kind of bored of acting. I don't really want to do that. So I came back home to Suffolk. I'm a Suffolk lad. Um, but I live in Norwich now. <laughs> That's where it is. Shortest podcast we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be moving on. <laughs> well, I've lived we in... love Suffolk. We do yeah. love Suffolk. It's yeah. fine. We do with Suffolk, so yeah. 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 But I've lived in Norfolk for the last few years, and my theatre company, Keeper's Daughter, has been based at the Cornhall in Dis for oh, since okay. 2012. And we've uh, these days we make um, mainly science fiction theatre for young adult audiences. Um, lots of neon lights and electronic music from the 80s um, and our latest production or our latest um, script we're working on is called In Your Skies and it's about ufology and the UFO phenomenon at large with a focus potentially in the research at least on the Rendlesham Forest incident that happened in Suffolk in 1980 Can you tell, I don't know if um, how many of our listeners will be familiar with the Rendlesham incident? Can you tell us a little bit about it? I can. So the story goes that um, there, there were two air bases, which are still there, but one of them at least, Bentwaters, is dormant now. Um, uh, Bentwaters and Woodbridge. And between the two bases is Rendlesham Forest. Um, and on a cold winter's night in... Always the best. <laughs> 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 in, um, just after Christmas in 1980, some airmen at the base, RAF Woodbridge, saw um, uh, some lights out in the forest. So they went out to investigate. Um, two of the airmen say they saw a craft on the for- uh, in a clearing in the forest. One of them touched it, supposedly. And got potentially they got some messages from the craft before it, um, they lost time all the usual UFO stuff that you hear, and then the craft flew away. Um, 
one or two nights later, depending on who you listen to, um, some more airmen saw some more lights in the forest. Um, so this time they went to get the deputy base commander, Colonel Holt, and he said, right, I'm going to sort this out, this is nonsense. He went out into the forest, they saw some lights um, darting through the trees, he took a team out, there's a tape recording of what he witnessed in the it's forest that night. tape recording, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. I didn't realise it was accessible. Yeah. Yeah. He uses the word weird a lot. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they say that they saw the lights um, split into five, four or five different lights and then beam, beams down over the base, um, supposedly. Um, mm there was nuclear weapons stored at the base but they're not allowed to admit that because it was against the Geneva Convention or something so um, yeah so that's basically in a nutshell I think the um, I had a quick look I, just to remind myself of dates and I had a quick look on the Wikipedia page about the Rendlesham incident and it makes me laugh because it's kind of got the whole story and then it kind of says astronomers say that this was due to a star and then <laughs> astronomers say that this was due to debris astronomers say so it's kind of like a it's a bit like an essay that you do at school isn't it where it's like here's what happens but just to put the counter argument you know somebody sensible says but um, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating one isn't it it is and like you say over the years it's nearly 40 years since it happened so there's been so many versions of the story that um, whatever the truth is, people are, are seeking, they're never going to find it. It's it was massive at the time, though. I've looked at our records, which are welcome to come and have a look at, the newspaper articles of the time. Um, and, you know, we covered it fairly thoroughly, to be honest, and there was plenty of follow-ups to it, and um, it was out of Roswell, you know. Mm. So it, it is a really interesting case. You tend to believe the MOD if they make an official report, don't you? Yeah. And, and his initial report was quite factual, wasn't it? It wasn't kind of, and then, you know, a figure reached out and touched and said, phone home. It was it was just factual, kind of, the craft is, it looked like, you know, animals in the area were frantic, weren't yeah. they? And yeah. It's it's not it's not kind of a fairy tale. It's we kind of the reliability of witnesses as well, and and there's obviously certain types of people who you're more likely to believe, mm. and people of authority. You know, if like a policeman or a soldier says, "I saw this," you're much more likely to to believe them and take it as real. Yeah, you think so, but I, I've never bought that. I think people are people, and. Um, it doesn't matter what uniform you're wearing or what training you've had. If you if you get freaked out by something, you, you react the same as anyone, I think. Um, but um, so I don't really buy buy that. I've listened to a lot of the military guys and been, been, you know their their cases. It's, it's all over the internet. It's been really well documented. They go all over the world talking about it. I'm more interested in the civilian witnesses and and, and what they saw. Um, I think that's. I don't think any any eyewitness is that reliable. I think that's kind of proven, but. Um, Do you think it happened? I think something happened. I, I'm not going to... I don't think it was aliens. And so most of the people I've spoken to so far, I don't believe it was aliens. I think... I have... We've talked about UFOs previously on this yeah, not podcast. Not it's not... I just... <laughs> <laughs> they are my least... Did your homework. Yeah, they are my least favourite. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, are you going to talk to him about it because you don't really like UFOs? <laughs> but yeah, it's... And in, it's not. I don't necessarily. I, I'm the same. I don't think it's aliens. I think there are aliens, but I don't think they've been here. So a UFO isn't just an unidentified flying object. It, it doesn't necessarily mean it's from space. It's just something that we don't know what it is. 
And we, as the public, don't know what's going on secretly. So it could be anything. It's a drone. It's a drone. I, I, I think you're probably <laughs> right. I think, um, I, 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 have you ever seen a, anything? No, never, to be fair. No. Not that I can think of. I desperately want them. I desperately want it to be true. Yeah. Mainly, as I've said before, because I like the whole aesthetic. I want 1950s alien yeah, yeah, ship yeah. drawings to be true. Yeah. Um, I'm not particularly down with War of the Worlds style Martian <laughs> spider things and uh, none of that. So traumatic, isn't it? Obsessed with the, you know, I don't know. Have you? You've obviously all seen the cover and. It, the copy we had was on record and it had um, a booklet with it and I used to be obsessed with the booklet because I was so scared of it I couldn't stop looking at it I don't know if anyone ever else has that so I'd just sit there like that and like seeing all like the gloopy red stuff like oh, oh. I was ter- and I used to think of what I would do like if they came what I would do I discuss with my kids all the time normally about zombies and they're always like oh I'd be really good and I'd do-. I just said I would just give in immediately because I know that I'm going to die because I haven't I just can't be bothered to fight them so I'm just going to let it happen A I'll become a zombie stroke and B I'll just let them get me as long as you know so I just, can you do as like yeah, a, a, I just want it over with that's good to know I'll work you into my plan I welcome our alien overlords and I'm happy to let them do whatever they want I just want it done with I'm too tired I can't be bothered I, I, I'm interested in you talked about those early days in, in the the moments afterwards, there's lots of reports, the newspapers were lots of follow-ups and things. When did it start to change, or was there a point when it started to change that, that suddenly people were sort of saying, no, actually, this, this didn't happen? Well, I met with someone yesterday who was the first um, investigator on the scene, well, pretty much like the last days of December. Um, she heard about it in the uh, local party. And... Um, so she was investigating it from 1981, beginning of 1981, and they published a book in 84, I think, it was 84. Um, the first guy that came out with it, Larry Warren, <clears throat> in 1983, was the, was the one that exposed it um, with the Holt memo, um, the report that Colonel Holt had written um, was released. And that's when it became big and, and blew up in 1983, October. Um, and it wasn't until, I don't think it was until the 90s, I believe, the MOD... Um, looked into it again and I think that's when new witnesses came forward um, Peniston and Burroughs who were the guys that, that witnessed the craft on on the t- 26th supposedly and touched it um, and there's lots of things come from that in the 90s sketches and symbols and stuff and um, um, so what did they say the messages were that they'd received well these uh, messages were received uh, in binary code. Wouldn't you know? Yeah. And um, they, <laughs> were, they were coordinates yeah. to somewhere. Um, okay. I can't remember off the top of my head. But these binary codes only came out at the 30th anniversary conference of, Andy. of the incident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're keeping it going, aren't they? That, well, yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of my feeling, to be honest. Um, I would be so disappointed if I touched an alien craft and it came back at me with binary. <laughs> I left that stuff behind at school. I didn't understand it then. I don't understand you're, it now. I'd just be like... Yeah, if you can't be bothered to learn the language, it's like going to France, isn't it? At least learn to say please and thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Don't come at me with binary, mate. I'm not listening. 
You were saying that you're more interested in the witnesses at the time. Have you managed to track down witnesses? Um, like I say, I chatted to this lady yesterday, and I guess she didn't witness it herself, but... Um, and she, a lot of her research in the 80s at the time was, was around Woodbridge and, and Rendlesham and that area. Are you allowed to give her name? Well, she's very well, Brenda Butler, she's called, okay. and she's, um, she's well known. She, she published a book called Sky mm. Crash, um, which was the first book on the subject. Um, and she's got lots of stories about Rendlesham Forest. She should I'm sure she knows about the shock monkey. I'm sure she must do. And do, does, um, does she believe it? What, what does she think? No, well, I was really interested because. Um, about Brenda and she's quite a spiritual person and I thought oh she's going to think it's real it's, it's real it's aliens and um, she she has a lot of um, she does believe in aliens and she's seen aliens and in the forest etc but funnily enough the incident itself she believes it was a military cover-up um, which was, it was interesting yeah, not what I was really expecting I was like all oh, right seriously yeah. I mean the, I mean the stories she shares uh, are extraordinary of seeing other alien forms in the forest. In the forest, yeah. It seems like the it seems like Rendlesham Forest is almost like the island on Lost. That's what it yeah. strikes me. That strikes me. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it is actually. Without the sea. Without the sea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but of course, the lighthouse isn't too far away. It isn't. No. <laughs> so, so she's seen what craft things, beings, everything. Both? Yeah. Both but not that one. Portals. No, that one. And actually, it kind of makes sense. I mean, why would the military want to cover it up? Would they, what would be the point in covering up aliens, really? I mean, it was the height of the Cold War. Yeah. Well, maybe the Cold War's almost over, actually, but, uh, but it was still the Cold War. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, so, so um, some of the theories about that are that it was a, it was a Russian satellite that, that came down, maybe shot down or part of a Russian satellite that was, that was dropped accidentally on the, on the way back to the base. Um, and that's what they had to, to cover up. Um, and the other... Idea, which I've always thought is that it's a drone. It was a, it was a, an experimental craft that either landed and they were just um, testing it, or it crashed in the forest. Um, and that's why they wanted to cover up because they didn't want anyone to, to know what it was. I said on the previous podcast, it's we, although drones are fairly new technology to us, we don't know how long they've like it actually existed for. Certainly, you know, surely. Can you get to this part of the forest now, where it happened, or is it still MOD property? No, you can get to it. I mean, um, Have you been forest. to that bit? Well, I've done the UFO trail, which, which supposedly doesn't really take you anywhere near where the UFO landed. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a tourist attraction. How really. rubbish is that? <laughs> so, but I don't know. I mean, you get that. Uh, I would seen, hope um, to at least be there, wouldn't you, on the UFO <laughs> well, trail? You'd hope so. Yeah. You'd hope so. But, um, there's there's various because um, the forest obviously was was changed a lot um, during the uh, hurricane 1987. A lot of the trees came down, and um, so when a lot of the guys came back, actually the forest looked very different from, and they weren't sure where the site landing site was. So I think people are guessing really, from what they can make out. Were there photographs taken at the time? As in, yes, there were. Yeah. But Penniston's photographs came back um, whited out, supposedly, and other. That's because like, it's all real. Exactly. And uh, other people said that video footage and photographs were, were taken away by men in suits. In black. Yeah. 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 Gosh, so there's nothing really that exists that could point us to exactly where it was, other than a sense of foreboding. Have done any, like, soil <laughs> testing or anything? Well, they did, they did the uh, gamma rays, didn't yeah, they, there was, at the was, time? Yeah, there was radiation. Some people say it was a high-level high radiation. Some people say it was a normal-level radiation. 
You would not expect to be able to touch this craft then without some form of injury to your person? Potentially not. They said it was warm. So it was smooth, glass-like. Um, It'd be yeah. warm if it had plummeted in space, <laughs> wouldn't it? Very warm. Kind of warm enough to melt you, I should imagine. Blimey. When you were doing your, your little introduction about the theatre company, you say that you sort of specialise in science fiction. Mm. So is that what this production will be? Is it, will, it science yeah, it fiction? Be a science fiction show. I, 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 a lot of work I've done, one of the last plays I, I produced, which is still in development, called The Wandering Spectre, is a children's ghost story, but that's all inspired by local memories from the people of this. So I just take the stories and turn it into a Ooh. science fiction play because we might I'm come calling to you then. <laughs> <laughs> We've not found but, um, it in this, have we? <laughs> no, we have other skull, skull. The skull hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know about the skull experiment? I've heard of the yeah, skull experiments. Really yeah. yeah. Quite yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to bring you back to the play each time. <laughs> so, so, I mean, how do you uh, how do you begin with something like this? Because there are so many different opinion, uh, opinions mm. and so many different angles and stories. So, what what's the approach to a, a play? I think I'm always looking for the human story. Um, so, really, the play. But, I mean, I've only been researching two weeks, so um, I've still got <laughs> another few months to go. But. Um, I'm mean, saying that I've already found a dozen stories that I could that I could use, but um, it's, it's it's about the people. I want, I want I'm interested in the people in in the people who search for UFOs, why they search for them, what their lives are like, um, how this some um, compulsion, if you like, or possibly obsession um, for some of them um, takes over their lives. Uh, yeah, so I'm always looking for for the human story. The fact that this is set in the 80s appeals to me greatly. Yeah. Um, I've always been a big uh, New Romantic fan, so um, so yeah, um, so that's what I'm looking for. Um, is the human story? Are, are the com- common elements and these people you talk about people who may be obsessed and things? Are the common elements with the, with ufologists? They want to believe, and I think you're much more likely to see something if you want to see it paranormal investigation kind of groups it's that wanting so badly to see something looking at a photograph and seeing a speck on it and thinking that's some dust in my lens or thinking that's an orb isn't it it's the same thing isn't it but is it the same with religion as well then I would say so I think so Yeah. yeah But you know, rather sobering, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring it down, bring atheist it. society. <laughs> yes, um, it, it's. I kind of wonder how the kids in Rendlesham felt at that point because I know if I'd been young about, or I was very young at that point. But I would have been terrified if I thought that something. I would have been fascinated. Hmm. I would have been fascinated. Then it would have moved to. Because I would have read War of the Worlds, and yeah, I would see, that's think it's that kind of like so scared you become obsessed with it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. War of the Worlds starts with something coming down, and everyone going, "Oh, it's nice," and, and you know, kind of looking at it and being excited, and then all hell breaking loose, and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, um, he's always involved. <laughs> Have you interviewed him about this yet? <laughs> well, I should. Yeah. He will He's have the most paranormal man on the planet. Yeah. But I think the kids who lived in Reynoldsham would either have been yeah, fascinated or terrified. You can imagine a Stranger Things style kind of uh, grifter bike expedition out to... Um, that's just an idea for you. That's a great idea. Yeah, copyright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're 
right. I mean, I, 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 was, I think I was about 13 when I heard about it um, in the 90s, and I, I just started watching, you know, The X-Files and BBC Two, and I was, I was hooked by that show, and I thought, and I read, I heard, it might have been even Strange But True or something like that, that, that um, quality show from the 90s. Do you remember that, Michael oh, Haspel? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and they did a Rendlesham uh, in certain episodes, which is on YouTube. How close um, were you to Rendlesham? About um, just over half an hour drive, so... Like really it was down the road, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's as a, as a teenager, just hearing that, I was like, "What? Well, this is aliens in Suffolk. This is this is amazing. I can't believe this actually happened." So I'm, I was kind of interested then, and, and I've kept an eye on it over the years. Um, yeah, they love a bit of rendezvous in Suffolk, actually. Well, I can understand it. We would be all over that like a rash, wouldn't we? And will be because we also write weird Suffolk. But um, you know, yeah. But uh, it. It is fascinating, isn't it? I think any anything where there's a suggestion that there's been communication with other worlds is just it's, it's very kind of seductive, isn't it? Mm, mm. You kind of want it to be able to be true. You do, and there's a, there's a line from uh, that Mulder says in the X Files, <clears throat> which I've when I first heard it, it's really stuck with me, and I think it kind of sums it up in a way. He, he says, um, "I've seen the life on this." Um, planet scully that's why i'm looking elsewhere something yes. like that and i'm like well yeah I, yeah I kind of get that and i think actually ufologists i think understand that that's that's it i think a lot of them a lot of people you know don't feel like they fit in here maybe yeah. um, and it's also a group of like-minded people isn't it yeah. it's like any group it's like you know we've just moved from inside to outside there's an art group in there who all like art but this kind of thing it's 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 kind of gives you a an endless hobby because unless you actually do sort out this issue of whether there's life on other planets in about five minutes then it's going to go on forever isn't it you've got that interest for life haven't you and i know you were going to mention the dim out were you yeah so well obviously because we're on weird norfolk we were trying to find like a bit of a norfolk angle um to this um and I, I, a lot of my research comes from a website called Hidden East Anglia. Mm. I don't know if you've come across it. It's really cool. Have you read The Lantern? don't think so. So on there, oh my God, The Lantern is just amazing. Um, especially if you like the 80s. Yeah, especially if you like the 80s. So The Lantern... The library is available on their website. It's called like the Lantern Archive, and it's PDFs of pretty much all of the issues that they did between. So it was between 1971 and 1982, and it was um, like a, a monthly publication, a little bit like 14 Times, but I think before 14 Times. Um, and they just collate all this amazing. Investigation they, groups. Um, they they do so they do paranormal investigations, but they also do like take UFO sightings and folklore and all sorts of stuff. And um, I was reading about something completely different on there. Um, and they got onto the UFO subject. They have like a little weekly, a uh, monthly panel about UFOs. And one that they mentioned was. Um, the, the big Norfolk dim out which happened just a month before Rendlesham um, so obviously because they mentioned it I went and did, did a bit of digging in the paper and I found the original printout like the original front page um, which you're welcome to have Wow. As a gift. Thank you very much. Um, so there's two copies of it. There's the original, because it's the Evening News, they published it on the same day. But basically, 
across mainly Norwich but across the whole of Norfolk there was a massive power drain and all the lights dimmed down power was lost um, in all lo- all sorts of places um, it was completely lost was it well, that's it it's like Only it was like one place all, it was, off. yeah it was sort of like a yeah, it was like draining, so the lights were like dimming on and off. People got stuck in lifts. Um, the police radios all stopped working. Um, TVs, went, TVs off went off air. Like all three channels <laughs> went off air. Um, so yeah, so this happened um, on uh, November 29th, 1980. Um, and there was absolutely no explanation for it. The the power companies at the time couldn't figure out where the faults... They, they knew there were two faults, but they don't know why they happened. And it was... There was a report into the evening news offices that um, uh, UFOs were seen over the power station. Um, Is it a nuclear power station? No, it was over Thought, the power stations at Thought. I don't know unless there is a new power station. An underground one. It's just a boring power station. So that was quite interesting in itself. Um, The Borderline Science Group then did their own research. They couldn't track down the person who reported the UFO UFO to the evening news, but they tracked down two other witnesses um, who were actually inmates at the prison. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so reliable witnesses but I, I get the impression from their account that the witness statement was actually given by their um, like the prison officer maybe who'd spoken to them and these guys were um, playing cards or something and they saw the, the lights over Norwich um, about a couple of hours after the, the yeah. fiery red mm. so it was just quite interesting that yeah. and then you kind of looked into it further and saw these other and that, that was Tony, actually, yeah, from the so, UFO. So I, firstly, I, most of my knowledge about UFOs comes from the X-Files. And yes. because they are my least favourite of the 14 <laughs> sciences, <laughs> I always fast-forward the, the boring bits really? of those episodes. Okay. So it's like when they're just like going on about all the stuff, I'm like, fast-forward, I just want to see an alien. <laughs> but I know because of that that obviously um, UFOs are meant to have you know, drain power on cars, and they could cause mm. radio interference, which might explain the police officers' radios giving out, and obviously the kind of the power drain across the county. But I'd never heard of any accounts of whole cities being drained, so I did a bit of investigating, couldn't find anything. So I thought, ah, I'll email the East Anglian UFO group, and they were he got back to me so quickly. It was really yeah. So Tony emailed back with a couple of links. And to, it actually has happened before in the 1960s in America. And it was basically exactly the same sort of thing, although they lost all power across the whole like eastern side of America. And again, UFOs were seen um, over the power stations. And it happened well into the 60s in all places all over the world, actually. And there was, it, with nearly every single case of power drainage, there was a UFO spotted. In, in, at the same time, right. time so it's interesting and actually for someone who doesn't like UFOs I actually did like this one that's cool the yeah. other thing I liked about it in particular was my conspiracy theory head on that this, this is it there's nothing inside the paper about it there was no follow ups the next day or even the next week and there were no letters printed about it which you would think that people would write in about this I mean people write in about burger alarms OAPs being stuck in lifts (laughs) cars stopping people being kicked out of the cinema and no one mentions it again Mm. that's that's it. it 
Yeah, it's over. Well, there's poor people queuing up for George Melly. Yeah. And they couldn't get Good into point. The, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. We hadn't mentioned that, had we? The George Melly stumbling in the dark to see George Melly. It made it very difficult to get to their seats. Very difficult. <laughs> um, cover up. Yeah. Mm. But just, to be fair, that cover up would have been by us. <laughs> but then there is possibly another Norfolk um, link to um, the Rendlesham sightings in that there's a. Um, it's a, there's a bit of confusion as to whether it was the night or whether it was earlier in the year. But um, there's a radar. there was a radar station at Wotton. Yeah. And they picked up um, something over the forest, went down in the forest. So some people say. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. So um, how can our listeners help with your research? Well, um, I'm going to be holding a couple of open forum cafes, one at Biddy's Tea Room on... October the 1st in the evening um, and I'm going to be reaching out to people who've uh, seen seen anything in the sky or unexplained lights or so it doesn't have to necessarily be Rendlesham no, just anywhere. No, just would you rather it Norfolk and Suffolk or anywhere in the world it could be anywhere in the world but um, obviously this play is um, you know I'm based in Norfolk I'm working with Eastern Angles on it who are Suffolk based and you know tour over East Anglia so um yeah, I mean, I'm not limiting it to East Anglia, but I think it will end up being an East Anglian story, potentially. But, um, um, when are you planning to bring this to the stage? So the, this part of the project will end in a sharing um, in Ipswich and at the garage here in Norwich um, in February. So it's a little while to go. Um, Can we come? You, 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 well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, you cannot. <laughs> I wouldn't let us in. There may be a news blackout. Maybe nobody can go. Yeah, yeah. Apparel go off or just, something. Just yeah. five men in dark seats were in the audience. Yeah. So, removing your script, <laughs> taking it away. Or just taking us in away. Yeah, yeah. Putting us in a dark um, place. But um, but I feel I should, should say I have never said this to anyone uh, in public. But I did see something myself. That was going to be one of my questions. Was it? So, yeah, if you actually see. I was with my girlfriend at the time. Um, so hopefully she'll cover it. But um, it was in Norfolk. It was a, it was near Reedham, and it was two. Um, we were driving back from Reedham towards the Acle Strait, I think. Is that the yeah, outside there, isn't it? Yeah. And um, saw something in the sky coming across. Um, and I pulled over, and literally these two, uh, these two, they were black, um, quite small, dark, um, black um, craft, flew right over us and out across the broads and it was weird they had like two lights on each so it's kind of square um, with lights on the corners did you get any idea of scale? they're about 300 foot up I reckon they were flying really low um, definitely not drones? I think they were definitely drones um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, 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 for God's sake <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I've got to yeah. but um, I think they were definitely drones and because um, I, I went home and I looked because I'd never seen anything like that and um, I thought you know, I had no idea what, you know, until then I was quite open-minded, I think. But now I've seen them, I'm like, well, that's what it did was. Did you stop the car and listen or not? I did listen, yeah. And? And, that, and it sounded like, it didn't sound like a plane, it sounded like a moped or something like that. Did it? It was really weird. Not the sound you'd expect. Like so a little worry lighter. Paragliders? Maybe, maybe. They were very... But they sound like lawnmowers, don't they? But they right, don't, they're yeah. not square. Well, the, the sails are. They're, they're not black. They can be. Can they? Yeah. You can have many colour, can't you? I, I don't even know what You'd have is. black ones. 
<laughs> Did you take photographs? I didn't, but I, I looked online for a photo because I thought it might be this worth works really well. It on works well on podcast. It was like a square rectangle. Oh, wow. Okay, so that looks like a domino uh, that's lit up in the corner. It looks like yeah. something from. It's like a breadboard. It looks like something from Stranger <laughs> Things, to be it fair. Doesn't doesn't it doesn't look like a drone. Like I would expect a drone to look. No, it doesn't. What breadboards do we have? Have you got an illuminated breadboard? Yeah. But they were definitely too small to have be piloted, I would say, by someone. Apparently it's Richard's breadboard. <laughs> Just there. Sure it is. That's yeah. His black marble illuminated breadboard. <laughs> That's funky. I'm proud of my breadboard, if you don't mind. <laughs> to be fair, I would not think that looked like a drone. Yeah, from that image, I don't think that looks I've like a drone. I've seen lots of drones. We had one over our house the other day, and I, I know, and um, they're after me. And I think they're really, really obvious. They are. They sound like a mosquito. Um, they look like a drone. And they don't... I mean, this was high, but you could easily tell it was a drone. Just the way it flies, it's very jerky and very kind of... Was this jerky or was it... No, it was very smooth. Yeah, I don't... That doesn't sound like a drone to me. Unless it's future drones. Please don't let it be a drone. Yeah. Oh, God, here we go. Well, that's the other... That's, the other, that's another... Uh, yeah. Or it could be an alien craft. Or it could be, it could be, be an alien They could be craft. sending out little... What did your broads. girlfriend think? What did she think? Um... What did she think? She thought it was weird. Yeah. But she definitely saw them. Did she? It Thank wasn't God. just That's me. That's reassuring that someone else <laughs> saw them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, maybe out there. Well, I, I did. I went home obviously and looked on, online because I was like, this is weird. And uh, you guys didn't exist then, I don't think, in terms of your podcast. But um, uh, it's, in, it's in an MOD low flying zone over over that area of Norfolk. So I think they were testing experimental drones or something. Yeah, well, I guess, but I mean, yeah. they wouldn't tell us, would they? So no. we wouldn't ever know. No. But exciting no. to see. Did you have it that kind cool. of? <gasps> I did. Did you? Because obviously, being a fan of sci-fi and everything since yeah. I was a kid, I've never seen. You keep one eye on the skies. So but when I've never was seen this, that. roughly? When? Yeah. About two years ago. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. I can't. Well, if anybody has seen anything similar, let us know. I did mention it to someone who lived out near there, and they said, "Yeah, I know what that is. It's, it's just." low-flying aircraft or, or drones. Or yeah, but, but were they being paid to say that? Do you know what? They may well have been. <laughs> they look like the sort. like, being held hostage or something. Yeah, like, they have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> It sounds fantastic, and I do hope that, A, we can come, B, we can help in some way, and C, the truth is out there. Indeed. I think that one's taken. <laughs> what? I suppose, finally, then, I mean, back to Rendlesham, and even the things that you sort of ankle straight... What do you really want them to be? Oh well, yeah. I want to, I want to believe that all the science fiction shows I watched growing up was all true. That's what I want to believe. But I never will believe that. I think they're stories, and um, I keep an open mind. I think it's foolish not to. But and and because it all makes for good storytelling, really. And I approach everything as as a storyteller. Uh, what what story can I tell here? What's interesting about this? Has, has anything that you've read or seen or heard in the last few months started to make you wonder more? Wonder about people. Um, not about aliens, if I'm honest. Uh, but like I say, I, I want to be... I want, I'd love my mind to be changed. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for listening to this week's Weird Norfolk episode. You can find us every week in the Eastern Daily Press on page 13 of Weekend Supplement. You can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk. And if you're feeling social, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts and your weird stories. Just contact us at weirdnorfolk at archant.co.uk.